Good evening and welcome to Captain Cambino's Cabana. Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. Beautiful day. Weather has been phenomenal. Little Don Henley there, Boys of Summer. Uh, great summer song. Obviously, summer is winding down, but not for everyone. I like to live tropical as much as possible, 24-7 if I have to. I don't care. So that's how we roll here at the cabana. Laid back, having a good time, and chill. So, chill. <laughs> anyway, the weather's been phenomenal, like I said. I love some 80s, classic Don Henley. Used to be with the Eagles, so love some uh, good summer, summertime song right there. Even though a lot of people, summer is winding down. Uh, it's a Tuesday. I always never been a fan of Monday or Tuesday just because first part of the week, you know, usually sucks. But you just have to roll with it. So we're, uh, we get to Thursday, obviously, no problem. But coming up on a hump day, we'll get there. So Tuesday, you're halfway to Thursday. You know, that college football kicks off again for the weekend. And you got NFL action on a Thursday night. So we're almost there. Just, uh, just Monday and Tuesday, yeah, we all know they suck. So anyway, here we are. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, Post-Labor Day, just trying to get back on track. Uh, Post-Labor Day a week later. <laughs> but anyway, it's good to be back here at the Cabana. This is the second podcast. The, the pilot podcast did okay. Uh, something something different, you know, we'll... I'm gonna take it up a notch and uh, try to have some specific subjects this time and um, be a little more consistent. But um, first of all, I wanna say thank God for this opportunity to be here to talk to you guys and have some fun, just shoot the breeze. And thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to have this opportunity. So, um, you know, I'm not the perfect Christian, but I do believe in God and Jesus and you know, that's better than the other person. That's better than the other bad guy. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so just glad to have this opportunity. And here we are on a Tuesday, September 13th. And again, I also want to thank the troops, all of our servicemen and women, past, present, future. Thank you for all your service, everything you've done for us to keep us free, keep us a safe country and God bless the troops, uh, Marines, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, everything. Um, thank you so much for all you do. You guys don't get enough credit. My dad was a Marine. He uh, fought in Vietnam, and we won't talk much about it. It's not a – I don't think anything went wrong. I just don't – it's just something we never really have touched upon. Not that up to my knowledge that anything went wrong, but uh, he uh, – he told me that he got spit on coming back from San Diego. He come in, came into San Diego airport after the war ended and he got spit on at the airport and uh, call, people calling him baby killer, things like that. You know, it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. He's, he's a fine, fine Marine and fine human being. And um, thanks for everything, Dad. I love you, Dad. Just like... Will Farrell in uh, old school. Uh, glad to see Frank's dad made it out. That's awesome. I hadn't seen him in like eight years. It's great. Congratulations. I love you, Dad. <laughs> that scene in old school. 
priceless. Anyway, but yeah, I thank my folks too for everything and uh, all they've done for me. So um, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the American dream. A lot of people out there today kind of skeptical about how things are going in the country. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on that, but in my opinion, the American dream is alive and well. It is how you handle it. It is how you take advantage of that. The American dream will always be there. It just depends on your motivation, your attitude, and what you want to do. You can be anything you want in this world. You know, like Rodney Dangerfield said it best in the 1986 film, Back to School. Jason, you want to be a winner? You can be a winner. You want to be a loser? You can be, you can be a loser. It's up to you. Remember, you can do it. Remember, you're a melon. So that's their last name, his last name, Thornton Melon, you know. But basically, he's telling him, like, hey, you want to give up? Give up. You want to be a winner? Then do it. So that's the mentality I think this generation, you know, some out there just don't have. And it's so easy to give up. And I'm, trust me, I've, there's many times I've thought about it. And I'm sure we all have. But that, that's just, that's not who I am. And I never will be. So, I mean, no matter how hard life, how, how hard life come, becomes, you know, you just gotta, you gotta take it by the throat and choke slam, choke slam the shit out of it. You know, that, that's just how it is. So, the American dream is there. It's alive and well, regardless of what anybody says. So, I mean, I work in IT. I love what I do. And when you enjoy what you do, you love what you do, it's not work. It is not work. So, you just, that's what I love about what I do is that there's always something new. And it keeps you on your toes and uh, keeps you involved. So, it's just really, um, and you learn something new every day. So, that, that's the best part of it. I mean, I, I also learn life lessons every day. So, I mean, it's just that's just how it is. So, um, it, that's, that's the best part about it is just learning something new every day. The American dream is alive and well, it's how you handle it. It's how you go about it, how you approach it. I mean, if you want to open a flower shop, you go for it. If you want to open, um, a yoga place, whatever, I mean, do it. If, if um, anything, you know, if you want to open, a video store. I mean, hey, there's the like the, the last blockbuster. It's still going up there in, uh, was it Bend, Oregon or something? Something like that. There's people, I mean, video stores, I think that'd be a great concept even for today because it's, it's just, it's it will throw people off, you know, but it's it's something different because, I mean, that may not, it may not last, but hey, give it a shot. So <laughs> I always told myself that if it doesn't work out, if things just go south for me, I'm going back to Florida or going to the Panhandle, and I'm going to open another computer store. So that's uh, that's my plan. So and or um, get involved in you know continue to get involved in voting and learning the uh, all the bells and whistles of voting. So that's um, that's 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 you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want to be, and it's the truth. You want to be a loser? You can be a loser. If you want to be a winner, you can be a winner. It's up to you, plain and simple. In order to get to that, that level, if you want to be, if you want the American dream, you've got to be committed and you've got to be organized. Organization is the key to success. 
no matter what anybody says, they everybody has their own methods, but you've got to be organized. If if you if your shit's not in order, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. So you just got to you've got to have some type of order, organization in your life. And at this point in my life, I'm 43 and man, I have never been more organized in my life. And it's a great feeling. You know where your bills are going, you know what money's going where. You know how much you got in the bank. And you know when, um, you know, like your dental appointment is, your doctor's appointment. you got all that stuff on your calendar. And you've got notes, you, t- you know, you write down. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody writes down stuff. Um, write, Take notes. Write down stuff. Any ideas that come to mind, write it down. You don't have to, yeah, sure, you can put it on your phone, whatever, if that's if that, if that's work, works for you. But try to write stuff down because uh, trying to stay on the same factor of, of organization. Um, when I was a kid growing up, uh, I loved cursive, hand, cursive handwriting. And I, I just enjoyed it. I, there was something about it. I, there was a TV show we watched, I think, second or third grade. It's called Cursive Handwriting. And the host was this old lady called Virginia Henderson. She, and she taught, taught how to, you know, you come to the baseline, to the midline, and how to how to curve everything. I mean, it was just so cool, and it stuck with me. I can write cursive like a champ. Like it's just it's pen, my penmanship is um, just spectacular. So, and that's that's how it's always going to be. So that's another thing. I wish the kids in school would learn cursive, but you know they could learn it at home if they wanted to. They watch this show. It's on YouTube. You know, just do cursive handwriting by Virginia Henderson. You'll find it. She said she's almost like a female Bob Ross, where Bob Ross would do the painting. She did the cursive handwriting, and it just had the coolest little uh, theme song. Um, and it just it fired me up every time I watched it because I knew not only was I getting my education in school, but we were also learning something that was fun. And they had the coolest theme song. I'm gonna play it for you right here. It may not be the best quality. It just had that beat to it, you know. You knew it was from the 80s. <laughs> and everything, the, the opening was all written in cursive. I mean, it was just cool. And you got the little guitar riff right here. <laughs> anyway, vintage right there. So, yeah, check that out if you, if you ever have, you know. Virginia Henderson teaches cursive handwriting, and it came on PBS back in the day. Man, that was some fun stuff. So, again, organization, get your shit together. You can make it happen, and you can do whatever you want. Um, I recently submitted a video to be on Wheel of Fortune. Captain Cambino went above and beyond. I mentioned Pat Sajak and Vanna White and... I tried something different. You know, I may not get on there. So what? I tried. But, I mean, I, I think it'd be cool to be on there. So, um, but that, that would be awesome. So I did. I submitted a video to uh, Wheel of Fortune. And you have to be under a minute. And, you know, you don't want to blabber the whole time. So just, you know, something short and sweet and um, what makes you a great contestant. So, yeah, I did that. I, I've submitted, submitted a video uh, two weeks ago. So, hey, we'll see. You never know. 
But um, again, all of us are looking for some type of, we all want to be successful. We all want to hit some type of fame. I always thought that when I was younger, I'd be an actor or, you know, be behind the mic as a broadcaster, sports or something like that. You know, it just never happened. But like I said, nowadays, everybody's an activist or some, some crap like that. So it just doesn't feel right. So again, this is my entertainment and my therapy. So entertainment therapy. Maybe we should call it inner therapy. Inner, inner therapy, anyway, whatever. That's weird. So uh, anyway, but again, just a chill day here at the cabana, having a good, having a good time. Beautiful weather. Um, Mid September. Good times. Again, going back to organization success, it's up to you. You can be whatever you want to be. You just have to be committed. Find what you want. Find that niche. Say what you want about Donald Trump. And I'm not going to get political here. I'm just saying that Donald Trump, when he was in business, when he first got into the business and whatever he was doing, I know he was involved in real estate, things like that. He made a comment about whatever industry you get involved. You learn everything about that industry as much as possible. Everything. Now, you're not going to know everything. You may miss a few things here and there, but you learn as much as you can. And that's going to separate you between others. So... That's what I try to do in my, my industry in IT. I'm not going to know everything, but I strive to know everything. I may miss something here and there, but that's what I admired about Trump is that, you know, he's, he had that business savvy, and he, he still does. And, but, I mean, you, you learn as much as possible in whatever industry you're going to be and roll with it. Soak it up. Soak up all the knowledge because that's what it's there for. So... Um, I want to switch over real quick to another topic of discussion here at the cabana. Again, the cabana is all about chill and uh, having a good time. And um, I want to talk about, hey, some great high school movies. That's a good topic, huh? I mean, it's back to school. I know, I know school has been going on, you know, a couple weeks here and there, some places. But um, some great back to school movies. I think, um, I think we all have our own favorites here. We'll pull up a list for myself, and from the '80s, of course. I mean, you can't you can't beat a list like that. I mean, uh, anything from the '80s. John Hughes uh, had a ton of great back to school or school movies, things like that. So, I'm gonna switch over to um, talk about summer life for me. I had a summer job starting in 1998 through 2001 I would have my summers where I knew I'd make enough money to go to school on and I worked at the ice house in Batesville Mississippi Cube Ice Company made enough money each summer to go to school on you know buy school clothes and you know booze and uh, have enough to just have fun with for school and man those are some good times we, we work late hours and um, make enough money to you know, support ourselves, be self-sufficient. Ice House was some good times. Uh, late, a lot of late nights, especially during the holidays, like Memorial Day, Fourth of July. Those some good times, and I, I miss that job. Even though it was hectic, and you know, you get off. Sometimes you get home ten o'clock. Just depends on how busy you were. Um, that was a great experience. Uh, taught me hard work. It was a lot of labor, and 
but it was a good paying job. So I, I miss that. I miss that job right there. Um, summertime. Summertime's the ice house. Um, Monday through Friday and Saturday and then some Sundays. So yeah, it was a pretty much seven days a week, you know, just depending on who, you know, the stores that needed ice and, you know, which areas. And we handled all of Batesville. We, uh, Sardis Lake, uh, all the grocery stores, gas stations in Sardis, go up to Como. And this is in North Mississippi, obviously, uh, all the way to uh, Senatobia, over to um, Tunica, then we had all the Delta on Highway 3, uh, a lot of the small towns around there. They go as far all the way down to Clarksdale, and there's actually a Moon Lake, Mississippi, and there was this grocery store called BMW's Grocery, and man, back in the day, that place was awesome. Uh, every time I go to Moon Lake, I'd get a moon pie, just because it's Moon Lake, you know, and it was just, you know, great place. They'd have those cold cuts. And uh, we, we, we dropped a bunch of ice there. They had two big ice boxes, and we would just clean up there, man, make some money. And Clarksdale was a, a route of its own. It was, man, uh, Clarksdale was a, a rough area. So we'd go as far as Alligator, way out west from Clarksdale. And we'd um, handle a Charleston area. We used to drive by Morgan Freeman's mother's house on the way to Charleston, Mississippi back in the day. Then we would hit up this store called Oakland One Stop. And this was a very clean store. The guy that ran it, his name was Anthony. Nice fella. And and they always say, you know, we had the coldest beer in town. And they did. They had some cold beer. Um, but the, the ice, man, that we'd sell out there. Oakland One Stop. Just a one of those gas stations that, you know, handled business and you know they took care of you but they would um it was a very clean store so that's um you always remember stuff like i do I always remember stuff like that we we cut across to water valley took care of the stores there and back in water valley it was uh it was dry county so back then there was no alcohol i don't know about now and then we cut up through oxford we had a bunch of stores there we had double quick back in the day double quick was the place man they we'd drop a bunch of ice there and we could see all the hot girls, so that was that was fun. Summertime, so summertime in Oxford. So, and then come back through Batesville, and load up again. We also had Grenada Ice. Grenada Ice would come up, and we'd load their trucks, and they'd go do their jobs. And Grenada, we'd make a killing. So there was a lot of times where we'd we'd be really busy trying to load their trucks, and just always busy loading trucks, constantly loading trucks. So I'm going to tell you another story about. This was summer of 2001, and there's my boss, Chris Carter, and Miles Mitchell. Miles Mitchell's the one that came up with the name Cambino, hence Captain Cambino's Cabana, where we are right now. <laughs> and we, uh, we were kind of caught up. We were caught up in all our routes. You know, we had everybody taken care of. We had one truck out delivering and just taking care of things and nothing really to worry about. All, like I said, all the routes were done and books, everything was caught up. It was very rare. Rarely saw that at the ice house where you were caught up on everything. So Chris decides to take us to Western Sizzlin. He said, let's go to lunch on me. And I was like, heck yeah. So we went to Western Sizzlin and I don't even think Western Sizzlin is around anymore. But when we got the buffet and we had a, man, it was so great. It was like a Thursday, I believe. And of course we ate so much and we're just, you know, 
loosen the belt, just like, oh man, I wanna go, go home, go to bed or something, take a nap. <laughs> so we had to go back to work, but we were just kind of ready if something happened. You know, we, we had, like I said, we were on top of things. Sure enough, we get back to the ice house, there's one voicemail. This is the old answer machines too. And we, we get that voicemail. It is Pride of the Pond Catfish in Tunica, Mississippi. They needed 500 40-pound bags of ice. 500. And we were like, son of a bitch. You know? <laughs> we just had an awesome lunch, and we thought we were done. We'd go home early, take a nap, and do nothing. Chill at the pool. <laughs> we got back, and we had to go over there. Miles and I had to go load up and drop off 500 bags of ice, drive all the way to Tunica. We came back. We didn't get back to almost 10 o'clock that night. And then we had to come back to work next morning at 8 o'clock. It was just like, oh, my God, my back's broke. Didn't want to do anything. Just when you thought everything was fine, you get a vo- you get an answer machine. You got one voicemail, and you got, you got <laughs> 540 pound bags of ice. I'll never forget it. But that's business. You know, you got to take care of business. And we did. So it was, it was some good times at the ice house. So that's uh, just one random story there, but it was some fun stuff. But um, anyway, so we did have some bunch of NFL action this weekend. Um, my Miami Dolphins won a big one over the New England Patriots, 20-7. to seven. Big win at home. Uh, talk about Miami Dolphins for a little bit. Most of you that know me know that I'm a huge Dolphins fan, and I may have discussed this a little bit in last podcast, but people always ask me, why? How did you become a Dolphins fan? I said, you know, Growing up in North Mississippi, we didn't have a lot of, uh, we didn't get all the games. You know, it was just the regular Channel 3, which did, you know, CBS, which did the NFC games. And NBC Channel 5 out of Memphis did the AFC games. And NBC always had the better programming, in my opinion. You know, with Dick Enberg and Bob Trumpy and uh, Marv Albert, Paul McGuire, those guys. Bill Walsh, I think every now and Parcells. And anyway, before Parcells got back into coaching, but, man, they just had the best games, you know, in my opinion. And, you know, Dan Marino and the Dolphins were always on. I just fell in love with the Dolphins, and I love the colors, the aqua blue and orange. I mean, South Florida, I mean, just the, the ocean, the beach, just the allure of Miami, you know, the, just the, the girls, I mean, just South Beach, man, everything about, you know, South Florida and you know, Marino, he just had that name. Like, it just fit perfectly with South Florida. I mean, there's just something about it. I don't know what it was, but Dan Marino is the Miami Dolphins. And, I mean, Don Shula as well. May he rest in peace. But I just, I love watching them play. And this is also the time when the Bills had been to the four straight Super Bowls. So I kind of got involved in the, you know, 1990. And I didn't watch every game because I couldn't, didn't didn't have access to it. I just watched whatever was on. But I, they lost a divisional game to Buffalo in the snow, and I just kind of followed them ever since. My older brother is a Bills fan because one of his friends growing up played for Buffalo, Steve Freeman, back in the um, 70s to 80s, and he played free safety, number 22, Steve Freeman, and he was also became an NFL official. So my brother was good friends with his son Brad. And he just kind of been a Bills fan, you know, not like a diehard fan, but he supported the Bills. And honestly, I couldn't stand the Bills because they kept going to the Super Bowl over four years. 
and they were AFC, same, same division as Miami in the AFC East. So I'd always, you know, Jim Kelly and Marino had the best games. You know, Marino could never beat the Bills in the 90s. And it was just always, it was always Buffalo gave him the fits. And in the playoffs, they could never get, get past them. And same kind of same for the Jets. Uh, see, 1990, like I said, the Dolphins lost the divisional to Buffalo. And Buffalo went to the Super Bowl that year, lost to the Giants. 91, Miami, win and you're in. You know, last game of the regular season, they had the Jets at home and they lost. The Jets got in and uh, Dolphins didn't make it. So, uh, 92, Miami gets home field advantage. I mean, they lucked out and hadn't had everything turn out there in their favor. And they get Buffalo in the AFC Championship game and get destroyed. So, I, I remember that one. And then 93, Marino gets hurt. 94 comes back, and it just, you know, he could still never really beat Buffalo until 1998, right before his final season. He beat the Bills in a playoff game in Miami, 24-17. It was Doug Flutie was the quarterback. And it was just, it was almost like a culmination of, you know, closing that chapter with the Dolphins-Bills rivalry. Marino finally got a win against Buffalo. You know, it was just, um, they were tough. Buffalo was always tough. I mean, Bruce Smith... Cornelius Bennett, Daryl Talley, that defense, and uh, Jeff Wright, those guys, Phil Hansen. And it just, Marino could never get anything going against Buffalo. It was always tough. It, very rarely he went up there in 92 and 93, but that was it. But he just, you know, something about Buffalo. It's just you could, Miami couldn't get it done. But I've always been a fan of the colors and, you know, just that's my team. I stuck with them. I'm still, still a fan. So, I mean, I'm. That's how I am. So I mean, I'm I'm a, I'll, I'll root for the Miami Dolphins as much as possible. Um, you know, hey, if they win, they win. That's all that matters to me. I'm not gonna. I still prefer the old games though from the '90s. So that's my story as Miami Dolphins fan. I used to go to a game, try once a year. Uh, I haven't been since last year when I lived there. But I'm probably not gonna probably not gonna make to make one this year. But um, you know, maybe maybe sometime soon. In the, you know, later this year or next year. Who, who knows? But they're always going to be my team, just like anybody else. Find your team, stick with your team, and enjoy it. That's what I love about the NFL is that, you know, just um, supporting your team, watching every Sunday. It's just, it's just awesome. Good stuff. Actually, this past Sunday was phenomenal. Opening day. Uh, lots of fans out. It was great to just to see football back. So, it's just America needs football right now. So, Thank God for football. So, anyway, that's a um, little rundown on my history with the Miami Dolphins. Um, stick with your team, people. Hey, hey, hey. It's Fat Halpert. What? Fat Halpert. Jim Halpert. <laughs> I thought of that today at the work, at that scene in the office where Michael's picking on Jim. Hey, 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 it's the cars. I like Jell-O Puddin' Pops. My son Theo, he likes Jell-O Puddin' Pops too. <laughs> I mean, just just classic Michael Scott. I mean, I, I don't know how many... You, you gotta love The Office. I mean, if you don't like Steve Carell in The Office, I, I don't know, something's wrong with you. But, of course, The Office, we all know, is based on the UK series with... Ricky Gervais, 
which is actually a good show. I've seen it. It's fun. It's a great show. It only lasted one season, but um, I, I thought Ricky Gervais did a great job, and it was a little more raw, uh, uncut on the UK version, but uh, I thought uh, Michael Scott, did a, uh, Steve Carell did a good job with the American version. And again, we'll backtrack here a little bit. The Cabana, it's all about chill and just talking about whatever. So I'm talking about The Office, one of the greatest American shows of all time. But again, if it weren't for Ricky Gervais, it wouldn't have happened. So um, I thought Gervais did a good job with his series, even though it was short-lived. But um, Michael Scott, I mean, I mean, he's like he's like Charlie Brown, just can't catch a break. But you miss 90 percent of the shots you don't take, or whatever. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, <laughs> smoking doobies, smoking doobies. But um, classic TV shows like that, The Office. I mean, that it lasted nine years, just like Seinfeld did. Uh, I thought Seinfeld was. Of our generation, one of the greatest American TV shows of all time. Um, right up there with Cheers. Cheers was 11 seasons. Frasier was 11 seasons. Just two great shows right there. I binged those recently. Uh, Cheers, Cheers is still relevant today. Like, the jokes hold up. Um, I mean, Ted, Ted Danson's character, Sam Malone. I mean, who, what a, I mean... Even though he wasn't wasn't a great pitcher when he was you know with the with the Red Sox or whatever he still had a bar, thought it was cool. I mean, it's Cheers, you know, Norm and you've got um, Cliff, uh, Carla, and Shelley Long's character character Diane. I mean, it's just um, just some good stuff. A uh, coach. The, I mean, it's just some great great shows. Uh, good writing. Cheers. Cheers was awesome. Cheers was, I remember the finale. I mean, I wasn't young, enough, I wasn't old enough to watch it when it was in its, you know, peak. But I remember the finale. I was, I was just finished seventh grade. And everybody was talking about how we got to get home, got to watch Cheers, the final episode. And it was just, it was pretty cool. But uh, they actually cut some parts out on the finale that's not available on, like, if you binge it online or, you know, a streaming. Uh, they cut up some parts out where Sam kisses Rebecca and Sam is smoking a cigar with the boys. And she says, oh, my God, cigar breath. You know, and like, ugh. So they cut that out. I mean, I know it's random. But anyway, uh, they did cut that out in the uh, if, you're, if you're streaming it. So Cheers, just hands down, one of the best ones ever. I mean, then you had Seinfeld was right there on its heels. And Jerry Seinfeld's a genius. I mean, Larry David, those guys. A show about nothing. I mean, really. Just, uh, just fantastic. I mean, every, everything in life can almost be related to a Seinfeld episode. You know, like um, the um, – I, ha I had an incident the other day, I, I, this person, uh, the man hands. I mean, like the, the, the man hands could, can be anything. That man hands episode is just so funny. I mean, like, no, yeah, I know what it was. It was uh, this girl I was working with had an eyelash on her, on her face. And I was like, you got an eyelash on your face. And she goes, oh, make a wish. That's the only thing I could think of was <laughs> Jerry going out with man hands. <laughs> so this girl didn't know about it. So I had to show her the video of Seinfeld. And she's a young, very young girl. Didn't know anything about Seinfeld. Never heard of it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you've never heard of this. You've got to watch it. So now she's like watching Seinfeld. She loves it. 
So I mean, I, so I got somebody hooked right there. But she, <laughs> as soon as I heard it and that happened, it reminded me of the Man Hens episode. So just you know, it's almost like everything it can be um, correlate with the Seinfeld episode. It's just it's just classic. So uh, some of the TV shows today, though, I, I I really can't get into a lot of them. I am a fan of Chicago and those shows on NBC. There's Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, and Chicago PD. Uh, it's the same guy that does Law and Order SVU, Dick Wolf, great stuff, good 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 dramas, but um, kind of gotten to know the characters in them, so I've been watching those for about almost four years now, gotten hooked on that, my, my mom loves Chicago PD, uh, my dad watched the two, so they like uh, Voight on Chicago PD, so uh, he's got the raspy voice, you know, um, so yeah, that, I, and of course I watch Law and Order SVU, um, but I just can't get into a lot of them today, man. It's too many reality shows, and it's just not the same. Cobra Kai was just on recently. It just finished their fifth season. Of course, they released them all on Netflix. And, man, if you're a fan of The Karate Kid, you're going to love Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai just takes you back, and you appreciate you appreciate your childhood. I, I sure as hell do. I mean, that, that show is so awesome. The best part of Cobra Kai is William Zabka, Johnny Lawrence, keeps that show alive, keeps it going. He he made Cobra Kai. It, Cobra Kai doesn't exist without Johnny. Say what you want about Daniel. Daniel LaRusso may have been the victim in the first show. They beat him up a lot. Yeah, I get it. But this is total reversal. It's almost like when you watch the show, Daniel's almost like the bully. So it's really kind of cool how it turns around. But Johnny Lawrence, man, like that guy... You talk about hitting rock bottom in the show. How that one kick that he lost the tournament finals in the Karate Kid, how it affected his whole life. I mean, like, to live with that, you know. But if you have not seen Cobra Kai, it's, it's available on Netflix. It did start out on YouTube, and they switched over to Netflix, but every season is on Netflix. There's five seasons, about ten episodes each. But, you know, it focuses on the kids, younger generation, but it also, the adults come in with their rivalry. So it's, it's good stuff. So you get a chance, check out Netflix and Cobra Kai. Season five available now. And just the, the, the show itself, like I said, the music. And that takes me to my next topic here, vintage rock and roll. Man, uh, Cobra Kai had all, that, had all that, still does. So many classic, classic rock, I mean, from the 80s, I mean, they got some Motley Crue in there, REO Speedwagon, Airborne, a lot of good Airborne songs, Van Halen, um, j just some classic, classic 1980s, classic rock. Uh, so that, I mean, I, I grew up on Rock 103 in Memphis and Ice House, that's all we listened to. I mean, I, I grew up on Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Bad Company, uh, course you know like I said Don Henley the Eagles there's just so many classic rock there's something about it Led Zeppelin that first song first time I ever heard Cashmere man I was hooked I love that song and it's not just because it's yeah it's long but that in itself is just it's just the, the beat to it you know I mean it's just something about it it's just vintage 70s Robert Plant that guy had a great voice and just a great song when the levee breaks is another good one one of my favorites um, just, just a, obviously a great song if you're on back roads, just chilling. 
fifth under the seat, you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but classic rock, man. It's just that's where it's at. Uh, Autograph it's had some good songs. Kind of Miami Vice had a lot of good uh, rock songs and um, in their in the, throughout their show in their five year run. Uh, Ted Nugent, man, Ted Nugent's got a really good one called Little Miss Dangerous. That's the mid, about mid eighties and actually based on an episode of Miami Vice called Little Miss Dangerous where he makes a, he makes an appearance. Uh, even Don Johnson had some good stuff in the 80s. He, he, he had his own couple albums. He's got a really good one called Heartbeat. Check that one out if you can. It's on YouTube or iTunes called Heartbeat by Don Johnson. And of course, you know, I played some Don Henley earlier. Um, Dirty Laundry is one of my favorites. Um, and of course, All She Wants to Do is Dance, which is from the Real Genius soundtrack. So um, that's the thing. I love some classic 70s rock, 80s rock. And that goes back to um, like movie soundtracks. I'm a huge movie soundtrack guy. Uh, I have almost every movie soundtrack there is to man known. No joke. Uh, I got Ferris Bueller. I got all the John Hughes movies. Man, John Hughes. Well, okay. That is its own topic right there. John Hughes, man, had the best movies. I don't know what it was about that guy. But if you don't know this or not, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is actually based on an experience that John Hughes had. It was, um, it was just, I don't know, he had some, had a flight, flight trouble or something. And, you know, he, uh, he created a show, excuse me, a movie out of his experience. And that's, I read that somewhere and I just think that's amazing how he was able to implement that. Um, but just just a classic, you know, John Hughes. I mean, everything he touched was gold. So, I mean, it's just every everything. I read an article the other day with Anthony Michael Hall and how he became good friends with John Hughes, how Anthony Michael Hall was actually considered for the lead role of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It went to Matthew Broderick, but can you imagine if Anthony Michael Hall was in that? Yeah, people would say, like, oh, man, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, you're probably right. But it's just cool to see, you read about all that later on. It's like, oh, man, you know, that'd have been interesting. Like Robert Downey Jr. was actually auditioned. He auditioned for the role of Daniel LaRusso in The Karate Kid. I had no idea. So that's, you know, you find out this stuff later on. And um, so it's just, um, it's cool how you find this stuff out. I mean, you know, you, when you have uh, too much time in your hands. So. We'll take a little break, and I'm going to uh, give it to Michael Scott for just a minute here. Michael Scott there warming up for beers in heaven. So one of my favorite episodes right there is the um, when Holly shows up. The final episode, I believe that's season season seven, the strike shortened year, two thousand eight. But yeah, John Hughes, man, I mean, just I'm gonna run down here. He did 1983. He was um, he he was involved with National Lampoon's Vacation. And, uh, which we all know was a phenomenal comedy, one of the best ever. Um, 
Mr. Mom. He was involved with, I think he co-wrote Mr. Mom or did something like that. He's good friends with Michael Keaton. I knew at the time he was good friends with Michael Keaton. Uh, Mr. Mom, hilarious. I mean, just um, Christopher Lloyd was in that too. Good, good stuff. Mr. Mom is one of those where you can always relate, uh, especially the scene where <laughs> the rich guy, Martin Mole, shows up and Michael Keaton's dressed just in his, uh, he's still in his pajamas, pajamas and uh, he comes out in that chainsaw. Come on in here, Ron. I'm gonna show you what I'm doing here. I'm gonna knock down all these walls here. I'm gonna make it a big, big suite. Uh, see, you're gonna make it all 220? Yeah, 220, 221, whatever it takes. He has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Honey, if you if you call and I'm not here, I'll be at the gym or the gun club. <laughs> Acting like he's real busy. But um, Mr. Mom, classic. Of course, you got 16 candles with Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, Molly Ringwald, they actually dated too. I found that out too. Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall dated for a while, even during The Breakfast Club. Uh, Breakfast Club, man, one of the greatest movies of all time, one of my favorites, 1985. Judd Nelson's character, uh, Jonathan Bender, was offered to John Cusack. Cusack turned it down because he was doing Better Off Dead and he had, a, he had another one in the works. Um, I don't think it was One Crazy Summer. I think it was something else, but... Yeah, Cusack turned it down, and uh, kind of glad he did. I can't see John Cusack as a bad boy type, you know, with uh, like Judd Nelson played. So um, uh, that, was, that was interesting to find out. Uh, Weird Science came out in 85 as well. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, classic Robert Downey Jr., and you got Kelly LeBrock, who basically got put on the map. But she was also in The Woman in Red. That was one of her first movies. But Weird Science is good. Um, let's see. And then, of course, you have Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Came out in 86. Probably one of the greatest comedies of all time. Matthew Broderick's character. Cameron Fry. I mean, um, just anything from Ferris Bueller is just is vintage. People know that movie like there's no tomorrow. And I... I, I Cameron Fry. I mean, he's based on me. So, I mean, just, um, I, my friends and I can quote that like there's no tomorrow. So, actually, just like this. And Cameron was in Egypt's land. Let my Cameron go. Pardon my French, but Cameron is so tight that if you stuck a lump of coal up his ass, that is true, and I'd, I'd probably do the same thing. So, uh, just Cameron was so there was something about. I mean, that's what I always liked about John Hughes. Even though everything was funny, everything was you know amusing, and you'd have a great time, great laughs. There was always a serious side to it, something we didn't know about, and he would always touch on that. And, and not all the films, but some of them, like Breakfast Club, you find out about how they all have something in common that they all saw each other that one day and they never saw each other again. That's the, that's the word is that they only saw each other that day, but their lives were changed forever and how they were all intertwined somehow. That's what I loved about the breakfast club is that you, you don't know. You always question. It's like, man, I wonder what happened after that. You know, were, were they really friends? Did they ever talk again? You know, um, and then also, one of my favorite parts, the joke in The Breakfast Club, when Judd Nelson's climbing the ceiling, 
and <laughs> naked lady walks into a bar with a poodle under one arm and a two-foot salami under the other. Bartender says, she lays the poodle on the table. The bartender says, I guess you won't be needing a drink. Naked lady goes, oh, and he falls. He falls out of the ceiling, and we don't know the rest of the joke. It's like, wait a minute, what was the rest of that? So I always wondered, what was the rest of that joke? And we, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think I Googled that one day and never got an answer. I think it's, a, it's just one of the mysteries of John Hughes' movies. Uh, <laughs> but in Ferris Bueller, you know, you got to hear about Cameron's dad, you know, and how he loved that Ferrari, but he didn't love his son. It was like he didn't care. And it's, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And it's, uh, it was, uh, you know, kind of breaks your heart a little bit because Cameron seemed like a good guy. He just didn't have anything. He didn't have a home life or didn't, he, he wishes, I guess he wishes his life was like Ferris's. And he just, you know, it was kind of sad and how he destroyed the car and to get his dad back or something. So it was just really, it was unusual. But again, John Hughes would touch on that. He touched on the serious tones of what was, um, you know, what was important and mixed in with all the comedy. Um, same thing in 1987, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Another one of my favorite holiday movies, favorite comedies of all time. Um, just John Candy. That, that's how John Hughes came up with that when he was traveling. That whole idea hit him. He said, I'm going to make a movie about this. And the movie was only filmed, it was filmed in like a month, you know, less than a month. So I read about that online and it, they said it had so much fun. Steve Martin, John Candy, I mean, how can you not have fun with those two? And, but the very end when they, when Steve Martin finds out that John Candy is homeless, it really hits home. And it's just, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad, but you, again, John Hughes mixing that serious side with the comedy. He, he knew what he's doing. Guy's a genius, great writer, everything. Um, backtrack a little bit, he did Pretty in Pink, uh, 1986, and some kind of wonderful 1987, which are kind of mirror images of each other. The only difference is that um, Pretty in Pink, the girl on the wrong side of the track, from the wrong side of the tracks is Molly Ringwald, who falls in love with Andrew McCarthy's character, Rich Kid. And, um, Ducky, John Cryer's character, is in love with Molly Ringwald. And yet, in some kind of wonderful, it's like the same thing where Eric, Eric, Eric Stoltz's character from The Wrong Side of the Tracks was in love with a rich girl. Not really a rich, a rich girl, but she hung out with a rich crowd. And he fell for her, but uh, Watts, Mary Stuart Masterson's character, excuse me, was in love with, with uh, Eric Stoltz's character, Keith. And, you know, it's just kind of like it was the reverse of what Pretty in Pink was. And so I thought that was good where he, he kind of made that just the reverse, like I said, of Pretty in Pink and made that happen. And, of course, he did She's Having a Baby with Kevin Bacon, which is a really great comedy. But it gets to the serious side of uh, pregnancy and bringing a child into the world. And it's really a uh, really good moving uh, film. So, uh, and he, he kind of, I, th I think he kind of laid low after that. I know he was, I, th I think he was, a, he co-wrote in, involved with uh, with Uncle Buck. I don't know if he was the actual director. I'd have to look that up, but 
Uncle Buck, man. My mom didn't watch that for the first time. The first time she saw that was maybe just a few years ago. Uncle Buck's hilarious. I mean, that's where we got Macaulay Culkin started. John Hughes was involved with that. So just, again, everything, most of us based in Chicago, where he's from. And um, just, just classic. Cl- classic John Candy. Um, but it's, um, who are you? I'm your Uncle Buck. Oh, my God. He's cooking our garbage. <laughs> You're going to go stay with the next door. He's like, the dog's a ball sniffer. What's another name for balls? Nuts. <laughs> Anyway, that's just just vintage. Um, I, I, again, I here at the Cabana, it's just talking about whatever. I'm I'm an '80s guy. I grew up on that stuff. I love that stuff. Keeps me sane. And it's just um, I'll take it over anything today, man. No no doubt about it. Uh, there's something about the '80s, man. The movies, the music, especially wrestling. I mean, like even man, that's another topic right there. But just that mixture was just the key the key formula back then I, I don't care if anybody you know i know it's in the past and people say don't live in the past but i tell you what man i i watch a lot of stuff from the past and i don't care i love it so i'm just very thankful for the 80s and this is the second podcast it was really kind of just talk about whatever came to mind i think it was a good one um i will try to bring another one to you maybe later this week or next week uh the last you know this is um i've i've I'm looking forward to uh, the next one. It's entertaining. Again, this is my entertainment therapy. Um, I actually had a doctor's visit today. I had to get my ears fixed, ears checked or whatever. Had some blockage. And uh, man, I tell you what, uh, it's amazing how well we neglect our hearing or how we don't think about how our ears get all jacked up and full of wax and stuff like that. But I tell you what, man, it's it's awesome. I can hear so much better. And just don't take that for granted. It's like uh, like your teeth, you know, brushing your teeth, floss your teeth, man. Brush your teeth, floss your teeth. You want to have good hygiene. It's like Dennis Quaid says in Wyatt Earp, take care of your teeth, Wyatt Earp. You only get one pair <laughs> or one set, whatever he says. You only get one set of teeth. <laughs> And uh, something like that. I, I'm, uh, if you want to talk about Wyatt Earp, my favorite one is going to be Tombstone. I like Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner and uh, Dennis Quaid. Uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman my favorite actor of all time. We can talk about that another time. But uh, Wyatt Earp is a good film. But if you want to compare westerns, Tombstone, hands down, probably the best version of Wyatt. You know, talking about Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday. Um, but if I might pick a western, the greatest of all time, Unforgiven. Best Picture, 1992, coming up on the 30th anniversary, actually. Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, Richard Harris, Morgan Freeman. Man, awesome movie. And it's just um, just good stuff. If you're if you're a Clint Eastwood fan, you'll appreciate it. And, you know, his style of movie making. And I know I'm jumping the gun here again, jumping around. But that's, um, I was only saying that because I mentioned Wyatt Earp. So. But uh, Unforgiven, one of the best westerns of all time. So, uh, Best Picture, 1992. Be sure to check that out. I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to the Cabana this week. Uh, Like I said, here at the Cabana, it's all laid back. It's a good time. It's chill. Um, Maybe next time I'll talk more about boating. But, again, I'm still a captain in training, so we'll get there. 
But here at the Cabana, it's it's just all about whatever. whatever. And um, I'm going to do my best to bring you great content as much as possible, hopefully once or twice a week. Right now it's looking like once a week, but as soon as I get, get things rolling, I'll try to get more content out to you and uh, change things up a little bit. We'll just see how things go. But at the Cabana, it's anything goes. Just like life, you know. Do what's best for you. Have fun. Make it happen. Just like the captain. Make it happen, captain. No matter what life gives you, just do the best you can with it. You've been listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana. We're going to close out with a little The Who. little Eminence Front. One of my favorite songs. I remember jamming out on this to a plane trip one time. I was going to uh, Turks and Caicos. I didn't have any other music. This was the only song I had. I played it over and over and over. And I just got hooked on it. So it was just a phenomenal song. One of the best rock songs ever, in my opinion. And we're going to close out with this one. Eminence Front by The Who. You've been listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana live here on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram at Captain Cambino. Also on Twitter at Captain Cambino. And I'll send out the link soon for the podcast. Any questions you may have, you can email me, CaptainCambino at gmail.com. Or message me on Instagram. Whatever you want to do. Something you want to hear, something you want to talk about. I'll get to that point eventually where we can have a call in or something. We'll figure something out someday. We're just getting started here. Just like Mr. Belding says, hey, 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 what is going on here? That's just it, Mr. Belding. We don't know. (laughs) Cambino has no clue. The captain has no clue. Thank you again for listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana. Hope to see you again soon. we got lots of good football this weekend. And we'll follow up later in the week with our college football poolside previews and bring you all kinds of good sports news on the way. This is the captain, Captain Cambino's Cabana. Thank you for listening. God bless and chill out.